to have you with us. You know, I was, uh, I was thinking about, you know, the miraculous power. Do we, do we expect, uh, part of what we talk about today is, is, is really, I suppose, expecting a miracle in your life. I mean, do we really expect the miraculous? And uh, I think we know God can do anything. Uh, you know, that he, is, he has the power and the ability to, to move and to operate and to do things. And that, that's not, a, I don't think, a question. I think where the question really, really hits the, the, the mark is when we have to ask ourselves this question, do I believe it for me? <laughs> do I believe it for my house? Uh, what God does that we consider miraculous is just everyday life for him. You know, like we, we, the things that you do, like you go out and mow the grass, uh, that's not miraculous. You don't go, whew, that's a miracle. I got the grass mode. That's what you do. It might be. Yeah, you know, I mean, if it is, you never know. But, you know, you get it all mowed, everything's, you do, you do the dishes, that's not a miracle. Uh, you know, I mean, for most of you, it's a drudgery. And in my house, if I do the dishes, it probably is a miracle. But that's just a, another side thing. But there's, there's no, those are things we do. Those are normal things. And the things in your life that are miraculous are the things that you know you can't do because God had to. And for God, those things that we think are miraculous, they're just everyday life for him. Uh, he moves that way. That's the way his power was intended to move in the earth and in our lives is miraculously. And, you know, in your life, you have to see yourself as being a person who walks in the miracle, supernatural power of God every day of your life, that there's nothing that can stop you and nothing that can hold you back. And there has to be this, this mentality on your part on my part, on, you know, as human beings, it says, listen, God is miraculous. And it's not just for my neighbor. It's not the person sitting next to me. God is miraculous in my life. And he wants to use me miraculously in this earth to, to help change the lives of other people. And how you feel about yourself and how you think about yourself is very important. Because it says in Proverbs 23, 7, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And uh, we've been watching TV, Elizabeth and I, and, and over the last few days, I don't know if it's a new season starting of this show or, or what, but there's this show called Bad Ink. Have you seen? I mean, there's some, you know, don't go home and look it up because it's not, it's, not, it's not terribly appropriate for, for I would have put pictures up, but there weren't any that were appropriate. So, but the premise, the premise, the idea and the thought of what this show is about, is, it's called Bad Ink. And these guys, uh, there's two guys in Las Vegas, and, and they, they go around and they, they find people who have hideous, awful, messed up, jacked up tattoos that, that you know, are, again, so bad I can't put them on the screen to show you what they look like. And, and, but then they take them and they bring them into the, to the studio and they, they redo the tattoo in such a way that it's, for whoever that person is, beautiful when they walk out. Sometimes it's an ugly scorpion or whatever, but it, to that person, it was really beautiful. And the thing that, I, that I've seen is I've, you know, I've kind of gone, I've watched this commercial like so many times. I've only watched like five minutes of the show along the way sometime last year, but it, it, what happens is these people are, are ashamed, really, uh, many of them, f- because of the tattoo. They spend their whole life trying to cover this thing up. Uh, you know, I mean, they, 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 don't, they don't like it. They, they, they didn't turn out the way they thought it would. Uh, it was a drunken mistake that they, you know, they, they got the, the name of, you know, some guy down the street tattooed on their hips, and it just didn't work, you know. And so they're ashamed. They spend their whole life trying to cover it up. And these guys, as they begin to talk to the person, they find out what they really thought it was going to be or what they wanted, some different things, and they spend some time working on them, and they change that tattoo from something that was hideous and shameful into something that really, for that particular person, is beautiful, and it changes who they are. No longer do they, they hide it and try to, try to keep it away from people. Now they go out and show everybody. 
And for you and for me in, in our lives, there's a lot of bad ink that, that maybe has been tattooed on your brain by the enemy. You know, thoughts and different things and stuff and mistakes and, you know, bad ink, mistakes into miracles. You know, changing mistakes into miracles. That's what God does. He takes the mistakes and the messes of our lives and he changes them miraculously. And, and we have to realize that, that that's what he does to us, that you, you come to Christ, I come to Christ, we, we have moments, I guess, in our walk with him where th- the things aren't fantastic, where we've made mistakes and we've messed up, and you know, we can be ashamed of that, and we can, we can try to hide it. And I said in the first service, you know, many times in our head, we just partition it. You know, we put it over here in the side, and we try to keep a wall up that tries to keep those thoughts at bay. We don't allow God to deal with them and eradicate it. We just, we just say, you know what, I'm just going to cover it up. I can just hide it for myself. I don't need to cover it up in front of everybody else, That's not, but in my own head. See, we play games with ourselves. I'm going to cover it up in my head and partition it over here in the side so it doesn't bother me. But there, there come moments and times where pressure and stress and those different things cause that to, to be an issue. And you're, you're, you're meditating it, you're thinking about it. And, you know, the enemy, he lures us into these places. You know, he's tempting, and he's just like he was as the serpent with Eve, you know. He's very deceiving and very cunning, and he tempts us into these places. And our flesh, we get into the flesh, and we, we, we make a mistake. We sin, we mess up, whatever it might be. And then once we get there, then he's got us in his trap, and then he begins to badger us. And he begins to tell us how shameful and how hopeless and all of the messes that we've made and that, that really you deserve this. There are a lot of people who just say, hey, I'm going to live this way forever because I, I deserve it. I, I did. No, you don't. Because the miracle power of God can eradicate that bad ink in your life. And don't let the enemy tattoo that thing on your brain. And, and all things can change. All things can, can, can maneuver and, and be turned around. And Romans 8.28 says that God will turn all things around for good in your life. Because you love him, and, you're, and you're, you, you're called. You have a plan and a purpose for your life. And, and you know, just as well as I do, many, many of you, that, look, God somehow turned around that junk in my life, and it became pretty. That he took that bad ink, and somehow he, 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 he redid it, and it, it, I came out somehow beautiful. I came out okay in the end. Many of you maybe uh, are in process. You know, you're kind of headed that direction. And, you know, Jesus was on the scene in Mark chapter 9, and there was a, a young boy, and, and the, the disciples were trying to pray for him, and they couldn't take care of the situation. And it's, uh, she's got it on the screen up there, I think, but it's Mark chapter 9, and it starts in verse 20. And, you know, it, it's a story that, that many of us know, and, and it, but there's a premise here that's really important, that, that we have to understand that if God's going to take the bad ink, the junk, the mistakes, the messes in our lives, and change them miraculously in our life, we have to believe that he has that kind of power and that kind of ability. We have to trust and believe him and his word. And if we don't, then we don't have a, choice, we don't have a chance. And in this story, you know, Jesus asks the man in verse 21, how long has this, this been happening to your son? And he said, from childhood. And he often has thrown himself both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Lots of people come to, come to the Lord and they, they say that. Lots of people come to the pastors and say, if there's anything that God could do, I, I just, I don't want to be like this anymore. I don't want this to happen. I want to get rid of this thought. I want to get rid of this habit. I want to get rid of this sin, whatever it is. You know, we, we have these little, we cry out sessions to God and say, please take this thing away from me. And he's, he's just speaking back, please believe that I can and I will. There's a settling that comes there and you have to let go of that thing that you've partitioned in your head. You have to allow him to work on the bad ink. And, and this young man just found out, you know, for his son that that was the case because Jesus asked and said, but if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. In the New Living Testament, it says, why do you think I can't do everything? 
Why do you think it's impossible? See, with man it's impossible, but with God it's not. But you have to believe in the impossible. You have to believe it and see it by faith before it happens in your life. And things happen and we all make mistakes and we all mess up, but I think that scripture in Romans chapter 8 is a, a good scripture for you to not build your life on, but to go back to in your life when you have made mistakes and say, God, I know you can change this situation. You can turn it around. We have uh, thoughts and ideas of what we want him to do with our situation. And how many of you know, most of our thoughts and ideas don't, don't end up being his thoughts and ideas. And, and he turns things around a different way. And you always thought it was going to be like this particular thing over here on the left. And he says, nope, it's like this thing over here on the right. And uh, he, he just, he does it miraculously. You think it's going to be for this kind of person or this kind of situation, and he changes it around for some others. Uh, he, the way he works there is amazing. But the idea is this thing that says, he has changed me, and no longer am I a mess, I'm a miracle. See, no longer am I bad ink. He's eradicated all the bad ink in my life, and I don't have to shamefully hide behind the stuff that's going on in my noggin or the stuff that I did or who I was or any of those kind of things. I can step out into the light. And I can show off his miraculous power. And not show off like we think of show off, but this idea that says I overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony. That says, listen, he has done something in my life and miraculously he has changed me. I mean, you've probably run across people who said, wow, Steve, you are not the same guy you were 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Holy cow, what has happened to you? The miraculous power of God has changed my life every day. And so what it does is it opens up a door, yes, in our lives to being rid of the, of the bad ink, but it opens up a door in our lives so that we can take that same idea and that same miraculous power that resides on the inside of us by the power of the Holy Spirit and be a conduit for God to flow through us into somebody else's life. There are lots of people who are dealing with lots of bad ink. They don't see that there's a way out. They don't see that there's an answer. They don't see there's any hope for them in their life. They face nothing but obstacles and hindrances and resistance. But what they have to know is that Jesus died on the cross so they wouldn't have to be like that, so that things could change, so that his blood, the power of his blood, could absolutely wipe them clean as snow, and he could take those things away, that you don't have to think about all the bad things you did leading up to today, that he'll take that on his own shoulders, and you could be free. Think about it. I mean, the whole world's going around. I mean, the people are, I mean, they're getting, they're, we've got kids and adults and everybody else that are taking all kinds of medications to not have to think about certain things and get past this thing or that thing and all this stuff. Listen, the blood of Christ is the greatest medicine to take. You take that and he's going to take care of you. And he will cleanse you and he will change your, you begin to change who you are. And it may not be overnight that you see the, the result, but you will see the result. See, sometimes, you know, I, I was talking to somebody first service. I said, man, you, you, you keep getting younger and younger. How's that happen? And he said, I don't know, but I tell people to come to this church because you look better and better and get younger and younger when you come here. And I said, I know, man, I don't know what it is, but the, holy cow, you look like younger than when you came here 10 years ago. What is it? It's the love of God. It's, I mean, it's the miracle working power of Christ in your life that renews who you are. Now, I'm not saying we've got the fountain of youth around here, but I'm telling you, you'll live forever <laughs> if you drink from the right fountain. There are obstacles that come and, and, and hinder and, and come against all of us, no doubt. I mean, we all face stuff. It, you know, it could be your past. You know, it could be today. You know, it, it could have been last month. And whatever, whatever the enemy is trying to bring against you or trying to convict you of or trying to, to enslave you with, don't fall for the tricks. Don't, fall, don't get into the trap. You don't have to be. He just lures you in, and then he condemns you. He's the one who tried to lure you into this place. 
You make a mistake, and then he condemns you. And then he tries to shut you off in a way and in a place that says you're, it's shameful, you're hopeless, that you're a loser, and you're never going to make it. And then we begin to believe that. You know, but Jesus came and said, look, that's not the way it has to be. He saw things really quite differently. I mean, he came to tell us about the kingdom of God and how it worked in this earth. And, and in, in one instance, in Matthew chapter 7, he says, listen, if, if you will build your house on the right foundation, if you'll build your life, whether it be your physical life, whether it be your spiritual life, I believe whether it be your, your, your life mentally as you begin to meditate things during the day, if you build all those things on solid foundation, the solid foundation of the word of God, I'm telling you that when the storms and all of those resistances come, they won't knock you off your base. That, that you won't fall prey to the bad ink that the devil's trying to tattoo on your brain. And I mean, he does. Some of us need a brain transplant. You know, you don't necessarily have such a problem in life with the things going on around you. Your biggest enemy many times is, is between your ears, right? I mean, I get like that. I start rolling down this path, and you've heard me say, you know, you start having conversations in the car, and you look like you're crazy because you're yelling and telling and doing, and you feel bad about yourself. I mean, it just all goes south on you real quick if you allow it to. But Jesus said, listen, all that stuff's going to come, but if, you're, if your life is founded and based on the right thing, it won't shake you, that you won't end up in a place where you have to regret bad ink. One, because he'll take care of that in your life. He'll take that bad ink and he will eradicate it in your life or he will change it into some pretty picture and it will change who you are. But it goes on and says, if you don't do that and you build your house on the sand, if you continually hold on to that bad ink in your head, that image or whatever that is of who you are, of what you've been through and, and what you can't become, the devil will tease you. He knows, what, he, know, he, knows. he knows what bothers you and what irritates you and how he can get you hooked into his lies. And so he'll even allow you to think that you could be something for God, but then he'll take you down the wrong path with that thought and tell you how you can't be it. And so he'll use God's plan for your life against you. He'll take that thing that says you're going to do this or be this or go this direction, and you know that it's not going that direction, so then he begins to lie to you, and he begins to hold that, that one thing that you were holding on to. He begins to turn it around and hold it against you. And then you hold it against yourself, then you hold it against God, then you get mad, you get upset, then you begin to separate, and then he's got you. Bad ink. You know, but Jesus, he came so that we wouldn't have to deal with bad ink. And, and maybe, maybe in your life, when you look in the mirror, you, you, you don't like what you see. You know, there was a, I was watching Biggest Loser. We don't watch, like, TV 24 hours a day, but, you know, it's, it's on. We were watching uh, Biggest Loser, and, and, and this girl last night said, you know, I've, I've, I've not liked what I saw in the mirror for 12 years. I've hated looking at myself in the mirror. I didn't like what I saw for 12 years. Can you imagine? You know, and, and not just that physical mirror that you look into, but it says that this, this, this word is like a mirror, and that when we look into it, we should see the reflection of Jesus. But when we come and all we feel is, is condemnation and the mistakes and the past and the bad ink and the stuff, when we look into this thing, we don't see that. We begin to, we actually begin to turn on ourselves. We'll blame other people and we'll blame the enemy. But listen, the enemy has no power or authority to operate and work in your life unless you give it to him. So we blame all these, but it's really, it's, it's in here. We have to change the things that are going on in our head. Romans 12, 2 says that you can be completely transformed and changed. Completely transformed and changed by not conforming to the world and the world's ways, but conforming to the word of God and transforming your mind and your body and your life by renewing your mind to the word. You may say, well, I didn't like the scripture. Well, it's close. I just, I, 
says, don't copy the behavior in the New Living Testament or customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, and that will is good, and it's pleasing, and it's perfect. That's what people want to believe. They want to believe that God has a plan for their life. They want to believe that God can, can change the bad ink in their head. They want to believe that they can make it. They want to believe that all that stuff in the past is not going to hold them back. People want to believe that. You, you and I, maybe you're here today and you need to believe that. I want to tell you that God, God can do that in your life. He can, change, he can change the way you think if you'll just give him a moment and open your head up and begin to meditate the word. He'll change you. But there are people in the world today that need to hear that from you. I mean, we're going to go through a few things that I think like God showed me to just, you are things. You are, you're righteous and you are all these different things and the scriptures that go with that, why? They're, they're so basic, right, but that's the idea. It's not complicated. We make, we make the word really complicated and, and as Jesus began to go through and you follow his life through the New Testament, you realize, man, it was really uncomplicated. Uh, I mean, he just, there, there wasn't, a, everybody else was trying to complicate matters. Everybody else was trying to trick and question and do all those kind of things. But Jesus made it very simple, very plain. Hey, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. Well, hold on a minute. There's got to be nine more. I mean, that's just like one of them. What else you got? There's, we need more. We need more laws. We need more rules. We need more. No, the Bible's really simple. Love God and love people. Amen. Let's pray. We'll go home. But, but we, can't, we can't see because all the stuff, we, we're so smart. We know all the things that have happened in our life. We know all the junk. And then when the enemy begins to tattoo that bad ink, we're like, yeah, just you know, keep going. Paul said in Philippians chapter 3, he said, I'm forgetting the things in the past, looking forward to those things that will come. And now listen, you don't hold things against yourself. Don't allow the enemy to trick you into doing that. Paul, if anybody in this earth had a reason to hold his past against himself, it would be Paul. Because he's persecuting and killing and burning Christians and putting them in jail and doing all of these things. He is like the number one enemy of the church in that time. And you think you've done something bad. <laughs> you know, I mean, we, what we have done in our life doesn't hold a candle to the things that were going on in, in Paul's world and in Paul's life. Yet, he was able to, to let go of that past and look forward. Why? Because God took care of the, the bad ink. He had, a, he, had a, he had a moment where he came into contact with the miraculous power of God on that road. And it changed his life. Absolutely changed his life turned it upside down, and he ends up writing, what, two-thirds of the New Testament and doing all these great works for the Lord. He didn't, he didn't hold all that stuff against him. He allowed God to do something with that, with that bad ink. Take it out of my life. Eradicate it. Make it a good picture. If anybody has this Romans 8.28 thing, you know, like he, it's, yeah, it's that idea that says, listen, hey, I'm not like that anymore. God has changed me, and he has turned it around in my life for good. I don't know how. I don't know, I don't know why. I mean, he just he loves me that much. And as you look at in the natural at tattoos, and I, I just want to share this. I, I learned this from, from Jensen Franklin, and, and, and this isn't my idea. I didn't come up with it, but it, it's, it is true. Tattoos in your life in the natural. If you have one, fantastic. If you don't, fantastic. I'd love to have one, but I can't figure out what I want on me forever. <laughs> I, I, I changed my mind way too much. <laughs> so I don't, if I'm going to go through all that, I want, it, I want it to be something. So for a while, I thought it was Marvin the Martian. You know who that is? That was always my thought. And, <laughs> Now that I'm 45, I'm glad 46. Ooh, I'm glad I didn't, right? I mean, it sounded like a really good idea at 20. But at uh, 46, it didn't sound like such, doesn't sound like such a good idea. So I'm still going back and forth. But listen, tattoos in the natural, they can be removed. 
it's, it's a difficult process, but the way that they remove them is they, they bombard the ink particles with light, and then the blood takes those particles away. Tattoos stay on and don't disappear because the particles of ink that make it up are too big for your blood to deal with. And your blood can't handle it, your blood can't take care of it, and your blood can't fix it, and so it just stays there. But what they do over this, and this happens many times over a process of time. It doesn't just happen one time. It's, you have to go back for these treatments, and they continue to bombard these tattoos with light. And when they do, it breaks up the particles of ink into smaller sizes that your blood can deal with. And so then it just begins to fade over a period of time. Now, I'm telling you, God can take care of bad ink today. But he can also take care of bad ink over a period of time in your life as you come into relationship with him and allow that revelation of the word to become true. And it's just like day by day. Some of you, you know, like you got saved, and the next day, man, you were Paul. You were, you were out preaching and doing your things, whatever. Some of us got saved, and it took a little while for God to work on us and kind of take off the edges, and he's still working on some of us, right, and taking off some of those edges. And that that thing just kind of goes away. And the thing that's interesting about, about that particular idea of light in the blood is the fact that the, the, the word of God is supposed to be the light unto our path and the lamp unto our feet. And it's the light. And the blood of Christ is the thing, really, that, that allows the power of God to operate on the inside of us. So there is light and blood mixed in this idea of getting rid of the bad mental ink and the, and the bad stuff that's been going on in our head. It's the light of the word being shown onto us in our life and the blood of Christ working in us and through us that changes us. And so I, he just gave me some things, and I'll share them with you, and you can write them down or you can look at it online if you can't write it down and get them later or whatever, but there's like 10 of them, and they're real easy, they're simple. Galatians 3.13 says that, that you are redeemed from the curse of the law. And that it's just something that you can meditate. This is, man, I'm not, because people will say this. It'll come out of there, maybe not here today, but maybe you know somebody. They say, man, I'm cursed. Everything I touch is, is a disaster. Everything I touch is, just gets ruined, gets more messed up. You know, I must be cursed. No, you're not cursed. It says in, in, right there in the Word, it says, he became a curse for us so that we wouldn't have to walk in the curse. You're valuable. That's a really important one. 1 Corinthians 6.20 says that you were bought at a great price. Now, if you go out of here and you don't remember anything, know that you're saved, that Jesus loves you and those kind of things, but listen, know you're valuable. The value of something is really determined by, by what is paid for it. And there was a great price paid for you and for me. And there are people who are in this world who, who, who don't feel like they have any value whatsoever. Some of you who teach and work with kids and students and those kind of things, you see that. Many of you, you don't have to go to kids. You could, there's adults all over the place who have lived their whole life feeling like they didn't have any value, like they're a throwaway. There's no throwaways. Jesus, Jesus died on the cross for each one of us, and we are all valuable. We're all important, and he has a great plan for each and every one of us, but we have to realize and understand that we're valuable. When those thoughts come that say that we're not, begin to meditate that word that says you are. You have to combat the enemy in a way in, in which is going to work. And that way is spiritually with the sword of the spirit, not punching somebody in the face. So when your boss tells you something, you don't like it, don't smack him, begin to speak the word. If somebody says something about you and who you are, you don't need to fight, you don't need to defend, and you don't need to do all those kind of things, just begin to speak the word. Why? Because you're fighting principalities and powers, not people. So mentally in your eye, you've got you to roll this thing around and you've got to change it. 2 Corinthians 5.17 is the next one that says you're a new creature. Now, this is difficult for us to understand. We like the idea and the concept, but here's, and it's that holding the, our life against us, ourselves. We know what we've done. And so when the Word says, look, you're a new creature in Christ. Old things have been passed away. Behold, all things have been made new. That sounds great. 
And I would love that, and I really hope that it is true. Because that's what people say, oh, are you kidding? Can that happen? Yes. But you can't keep going back to the casket and hanging out with the old man. You wouldn't do it in the natural, right? You're not going to go out there and live with the guy in the casket in the natural. You're not going to go back to the guy in the, na- in, the na- in the natural, go back to the casket and take his clothes. Paul said, get rid of the old clothes, put on the new clothes. Dress yourself in righteousness. He said, put on the new stuff. Put on the new man, he says in Ephesians. Look, it's not the old, it's the new man. Don't keep going back. Some of us get dressed up in the new man in church. We go home, and then we go to the casket. We pull out our old clothes. We put them all back on again. We think about all those things, the bad ink. You're a new creature in Christ, man. Old things have been passed away. All things have become new. It's, it's real. It's true. It happens. The next one, 1 John 5, 4, real quick, says you're an overcomer. It says there's nothing that can come against you that you can't overcome. On Wednesday night, we shared a little message. I was sharing about resistance and how the forces of, of the enemy come against us all the time. And, and if, if we're not focused on Christ, if we're not focused on the word, if we're not walking by faith, that resistance that we feel will push us off track. But here's the deal. God has given us the ability to pierce through the resistance, to go on to the other side regardless of what's coming against us. But we have to walk by faith, and we have to realize and understand that, that we are an overcomer, that the word always overcomes. The word always overcomes. There's not, and we would probably agree, but we, we think, man, in our life, I don't know, man. Yes, it's true, but you've got to use it. You've got to know it. You've got to take that bad ink, unpartition it, and allow God to take it away from you and replace it with good ink, if that makes sense. Get a good brain tattoo going on of who you are in Christ. Your righteousness, or you're righteous, that's 2 Corinthians 5.21. It says you're the righteousness of, of God in Christ Jesus. Righteous means you have right standing. We feel condemned. We feel less than. We know the charges that should be against us. Uh, we know all that kind of stuff. We know that, that really in the, in the court of law, spiritually, we, we, are, we, we are guilty. As, But listen, it, that's not true. It says that you're righteous, that somehow you couldn't do it, but he could. That's miraculous, right? Taking the, the mess and the mistakes and turning them to the miraculous. You're chosen, goes along with your valuable. God picked you. Right? 1 Peter 2.9 says you're a chosen generation. He flat out picked you. Romans 8.15 says that we are adopted into his household. And when you go through adoption, you, you are going out and you are, you are saying, I want that one. Now, you may not be able to pick particularly in the natural when you, when you adopt, but you are saying, I want that child. I am, I am laying things on the line. I'm paying a price physically, spiritually, financially, whatever. I'm putting it all, and I want that child. That's what God said. He chose you. He picked you. He made you. He created you. The next one says you're free. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. In John, it says you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Those ideas that, that keep us bound mentally, those thoughts and bad ink, that, that, that's all bondage stuff. That's not freedom stuff. When you're trying to cover it up and hide it, not just from others but yourself, when you're trying to put it in a little place in your head so that it can't bother you anymore, heart issues and things that are going on in your heart, you try to keep that wall up so that stuff stays away. That, that's, all, that's all bondage things and ideas. That's all saying, man, I, I'm, I'm held captive. That, those, are, those are defeat things. But there's victory that Christ has given us. And so that's the opportunity of freedom. It says, man, I'm totally free. You're loved. Do you know that you're loved? That's important. There are lots of people. John 3, 16, of course, says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But it goes on, you know, and, and says in John 15, 12, that, that we're supposed to love people as Christ has loved us. 
And, and people need to know, not just that they're valuable, and these, need to know that they're loved. Loved. There's something that happens when my wife says, I love you, or she texts it, or she calls, I don't care what it is. She could email it, text it, just keep doing it all the time, over and over again, whatever it is. But when she tells me, there's something on the inside of me that just makes me like, you know, and, and it's that same, you've got to realize, even if it's not the person next to you or whatever, I, God loves you that way. Unconditionally, no matter what's happened, he loves you. And, and he wants to perform a miracle in your life, no doubt. The last one really for us is, is you're blessed. It says in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, that God has blessed us with all spiritual blessings. You're blessed. Do you see yourself? Like we, we sang, I'm blessed to be a blessing. You know, and, and all of these things, if we, can get, if we can allow God to deal with the bad ink in our head, and whether he eradicates it like it is in the natural where they take a tattoo away, or maybe he just begins to change your life in the image of who you are in the picture, and he makes it from a mess to a miracle, that he takes some broken down thing and he changes it somehow, and, he, and you've gone from a, a horrible, bad experience or bad tattoo into something that's, that God has made beautiful. That's miraculous. So as you begin to meditate these things in your life, expect God to miraculously work. Expect God to come through. Expect God to make a difference. Expect God to show up on your behalf. See, there's no reason why you or I cannot have the miraculous power of God flowing through our life. But we can't have a bunch of bad ink tattooed on our head. It doesn't roll that way. It doesn't work. We negate that stuff. Every time we take one step forward, we take two steps back. The devil's not pulling us back. We're stepping back because of the bad ink. Get rid of the bad ink today. We hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org or call our offices at 765-447-7777. If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life or if you've drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.